everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck? <laughs> Where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage, people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Hey, you, Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Jonathan. <laughs> How you doing, great, man? Yeah, great intro. Just came to me all of a sudden. I think the dogs are barking after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, my neighbors are going, what the heck? They're all yeah. they're all going, what the flock is going on down yeah. there? Oh, well, not to cause disunity or anything. Right. We like to be synced up. We like to be synced up. Well, speaking of being synced up, today's topic is unity. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Pastor Joel, would you give us some background on this topic? Sure thing. Well, it's widely known. I'd say pretty much all churches in general, even leaders of churches, maybe even Christians, period, Mm -hmm. that the church is meant to be unified. In fact, maybe the largest denomination of Christians, Catholics, that word Catholic means all embracing. Mm. So this season, we have really touched on this theme of church. We've covered Acts 2 at length, especially the four causes. We've also looked at the verses that follow the four causes from Acts 2.42, which are the verses that show many of the effects or the results of those causes. Let me read them for you. Acts 2. 43 through 47 and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things in common Mm. and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need and they and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as as should be saved. So you notice I tried emphasizing a little bit how many of these effects involve unity. Nice. Yeah. But how unified is the church? And what's the cause of unity? These are some of the answer, the questions that we'll be answering in this episode. Oh, nice. I like that. How have people been hurt by the topic of unity in the church? Well, there isn't unity. Uh Aha. Yeah. Actually, there's great gulfs of division. Mm, No kidding. And we've covered the fact that there are more and more denominations every day. And the church seems oblivious as to how to intentionally be unified. So... Well, this is great because when we talk about the topics that have caused damage, we talk about two sides that are created, right? Two sides that are created with every conflict and every episode that we have. Right. We talk about the strict side and we talk about the loose side. And right there, we're always implying that there is disunity in each of these groups. That's good. 
Yeah, I didn't see that. That's that's a really great point, Pastor Jonathan. So <laughs> every conflict is an area of disunity. No kidding. So can we talk about the strict side? How does the strict side handle uh, unity? Be unified, Pastor Jonathan. Just do just, it. Do, just do it, man. Just, just be unified. So <laughs> unfortunately... I mean, I could make that sound really encouraging. We just need to be unified. We just need to do it. Mm. Just come together. Have things in common. Have singleness of heart. The, the issue is the, the cause of unity on this side really comes from bullies, from dictators. Oh, that's really interesting. From pastors that have this mentality of, well, it's my way or the highway. Because wow. how do you really enforce unity? On this side, the strict side of this argument, unity means you agree with me. That's how we have unity. I'm the pastor. I'm in charge. You agree with me. And really the implication there is we value everything the same then because you value what I value. Okay. So this side, the religious authorities are just that. They're authorities. They're bosses. They're not leaders. And they put the burden of agreement upon their people. You know, it's the member's job to agree with the pastor. Then we'll have unity. Hmm. And unfortunately, this doesn't work. And it results in people becoming more and more like the pastors and not themselves. Interesting. So there's a big there's a big piece about how we all value different things. Yeah. And so you're what you're saying is, is that this person is basically saying, you're going to do what I tell you to do because you value doing what I'm telling you to do as much as like, it's the same thing. We value that the same way doing it. Right. And it really, that's why this is a dictatorship. Really. It's my way or the highway is really this mentality of, well, I'm in charge. So you should just do what I'm telling you to do, but also I'm right. Interesting. What I believe is right. The way I see the world is right. What I'm teaching is right. How I'm trying to lead you is right. So you will be right if you agree with me. So that's how we have agreement. That's how we have unity. One step, you agree with the person in charge. But it doesn't account for the differences in beliefs and values and moral codes yeah amazing it's bullying yeah how do the strict side people that hold this perspective how do they support it with the bible well i would take any verse that expresses something about being a leader or a pastor or a teacher and use that verse to put the burden of responsibility on the people that i'm trying to lead so, for example, 1 Corinthians 1.10 says this. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there are no divisions among you, but that you be, unif- but, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. That's great, right? Yep. But if I'm on the strict side of this unity argument, I can easily use this verse to say, see, agree with me. The Bible says we need to agree. So if you disagree with me, you're wrong. 
If you disagree with me, you're causing division. If you confront me in an area that I'm teaching, you're the one causing division. In fact, honestly, okay, good story here. Yeah. Friend of ours, Pastor Jake, dealt with a pastor recently as as an effect of people in his church whispering, gossiping behind Pastor Jake's back. So Pastor Jake did the honoring and respectful thing and reached out to this pastor and said, how would you like to deal with this? And the pastor accused him. He basically said, if you continue down this path of confronting this pe- these people, you're bound to destroy this family. Hmm. So th- that's an example of what this side looks like. We just need to agree, just do it. And to the point where even if you confront us, if you try to prove me wrong, if you go after these people, even in an area they've been wrong in, you're the one at fault causing division. Wow. So this sin of whispering, all this gossip is enabled and hmm. ignored. And it's just not, I know you, you know what, Pastor Jake, you need to get some thick skin because people just, you know, you're a pastor. So people are going to talk bad about you. You just got to deal with it. Oh, how would you handle an interaction with someone who held this perspective? I'd ask, what's the cause of unity? A lot, which is basically a similar question to, you, you know, on this side, when we're talking to these people on this side, we often ask them what the definition for the words that they have are. And really with unity, we could just say agreement, right? But here it's like, okay, what's the cause of unity? We're trying to get down to a definition. How do we how do we have unity? And, you know, another question that might help progress this discussion further is saying, you know, do you think that people valuing everything the same will make us profitable? What if you are wrong and I agree with you? Wouldn't we be united over something not of God? Nice. So that's the problem with this side is if I'm, if I'm a pastor who says the, the way we have unity is for you to agree with me, it immediately implies that I'm right. But what if I'm not? Then I'm enforcing unity over something wrong. So is our goal to be unified with each other as a cause or as an effect of being unified with God or with truth? Does unity mean we're all supposed to be the same? So these are some, like, there's a, yeah, a myriad of questions here that are really good to, to deal with a person on this side of, of the argument. So I love that we talked about God's existence and we talked about causality and how that shows God's existence and, and how it proves that and making sure that we understand what is a cause, what is an initiating stimulus, like what begins this versus what is an effect or what's a result of this. Right. And I, I think it's really interesting the damage that we see when those two concepts get flipped. And when we, and in this case, what we're doing is we're, we, we want unity. So we try to force it by focusing on just one, in one step, you agree with me. And we make that at some, like that becomes the cause, right? Right. So we try to initiate unity and that is essentially one. 
And what do you mean by initiate? When we say the step one in error, when we talk a lot about trying to do something in one step is another way of saying the initiating stimulus or the cause. Nice. I like that. Yeah. That's a great clarification. So, and, and that's what the strict side's doing is unity is going to happen in one step. Yeah. And these pastors who are acting as bullies and dictators are bullying people into agreeing with their belief system by valuing everything the same as them. Right. You need to value my directions to you as much as I value it. And therefore there is nothing above the direction that I'm giving you to follow. Be unified, be in agreement, have all things in common, do it or else you are in disunity, in disagreement with God. Yep. That's just sneaky, sneaky, slimy, slimy. Yeah, that is gross. Yep. Well, I'm glad that's one side. So our listeners are going, okay, then there's another, then there's the ultimate answer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but our listeners also know that now is the time that we take a call. So let's go ahead and beep, boop, that, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. <laughs> uh, yes, we do have a call from McMillan, Alabama. Pastor nice. Richard Tater, you are on the line. Oh, yes. Hello, Pastor Joel and Pastor Jonathan. It is I, Pastor Richard Tater. How y'all doing? Uh, Excited to be here. You know, I was always taught that God would honor our unity regardless of the issue because not being unified is division and division is always wrong, gentlemen. I have even heard pastors preach that at the Tower of Babel, God said there was nothing that would be impossible for people when they were so in agreement, they even had a common language. Yeah, what were those people in agreement over? (laughs) Oh, well, there you go, Pastor Joel. That's what I'm saying. See, you know, there were in agreement over defying God's command to cover the earth and try to make a name for themselves over God's name. Nice. Yeah, I'm glad we all value things differently. This would be a pretty boring show if Pastor Joel and I were the same person. Oh, well, I would definitely not want my wife to be exactly like me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right. This applies to everyone, Pastor Tater. Right. So that would go for Dickie, too. Of course. Well... I'm not so sure that I've seen it that way. Well, do you want Pastor Rich to be exactly like you? (laughs) No. No, of course not. Hey, I just just thought of something, so I'm going to hang up and listen. This was my favorite podcast. Two, eight, go blast. Oh, thank you, Pastor Tater. Love the call. What a guy. Hmm. 
I wonder what Pastor Tater all of a sudden started thinking about Pastor Joel. Yeah, he started talking pretty quick there at the end. I don't really know. But his Tower of Babel example is amazing. Oh, yeah. And it's a more severe version of everyone valuing everything the same. God blessing our unity with others regardless of the cause is deceptive. Nice. Okay. Well, thank you for the call, Pastor Tater. Amazing example. So yeah, good. Was. What is the other side of the argument, Pastor Joel? So the loose side would be when you become a Christian, you're unified. You know, there's nothing you need to do. You're already in God's family. Hmm. Or I'll pose this. If there's division, why don't we just get in a room together and eventually it'll just happen? We'll just eventually be unified. Let's, you know what? If we just spend time together, eventually unity will just happen organically. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and how have people been hurt by that perspective? Well, we're not unified. People think lots we of are. Rooms to, we've been in lots of rooms together, haven't we? <laughs> we've had a lot of time. We've had 2,000 years as a church to to be a church and we're becoming more and more divided over time. Oh yeah. So the church is not experiencing the amazing effects, the results of the apostles doctrine, breaking bread, fellowship and prayer listed in act two, all those amazing effects I read earlier in the episode. We're not experiencing those. Where are all the benefits of the church? And really the, one of the things I'm seeing and how people have been hurt on this side is this mentality of you're already unified. Don't like once you become a Christian, it's just kind of a guarantee you're unified because we're all Christians. Mm -hmm. That mentality, that belief can promote or enable isolation. The opposite of the Acts 2 church. Wow. Because if you're unified, if I tell you you're unified, if I tell you you're in the family, no matter what you do, we're always unified, then you don't need to make any effort to have all things in common with other Christians. You don't have to focus on these causes in Acts chapter 2, because I'm telling you, you already have those causes. You already have those effects. So if I think I'm unified, that's the, that's the real damage here. The deception is if I think I'm unified when I'm not, then I then I have every reason to not even bother trying to become unified. Because I already have it, right? Right. If I then said it, this prayer, I'm in the family, then I have a magic wand and I am now in the family. I am instantly unified. I get all of the benefits with all these other people and we're done even if I'm barely interacting with these people. Yeah. Maybe all I do is sit next to some of them for an hour and a half on Sunday mornings. And I think I'm unified with these people. Mm. It's like, I know for me, I've learned time and time again, even being in the same room as people every day doesn't guarantee unity. True. So if I tell if I tell people you're unified because you're Christians, that's like saying that, you know, Pastor Joel, you're unified with everyone with the last name Swakowski. Pastor Jonathan, I can tell you, mm -hmm. 
there are massive gulfs of division among the people with the last name Swakowski. There is not unity in my family. Mm. So the same, I can't just say because you're Christians, you're guaranteed to be unified. Makes sense. How would you handle an interaction with someone who held this perspective? Wait, do you believe the church is unified? I'd love to just ask them, what do you believe about this? I know you've been told we're unified. Do we have unity? Yeah, it's like look around, right? Yeah. This is unity? I'd love just a yes or no. Mm. Do you think the church is getting the same benefits as the Acts 2 church? Wow. Why are there so many denominations? And here's this one is how, like, I like this one too. The implications are pretty big here is how is the church different from the world? So I become a believer. I'm told we're unified, but then I'm able to actually have the exact same behavior in my life as I did before I became a believer. It's like, I'm still, the church isn't offering anything. There's not more unity in the church than there is in the world. There should be. We should be known from our by our love for one another. That's what should separate us is how well we get along with each other, how unified we are. Yeah. Is one of the benefits that we offer the world. The world's looking at the church right now thinking, what's the point? Yeah, what what do you have that I don't? Yeah, right. What is what is happening in your relationships, in your family, in yourself? That is that is different than what's happening in me. Right. Oof. When you see this going on in the church, the unity and how they've how this conflict has impacted the strict and the loose side in the church, what are your thoughts, Pastor Joel? I I see things according to three categories of people. There's the people that I feel sorry for, meaning I have compassion on them. These are people who think that they are experiencing the benefits of Christianity, but actually the opposite is true. These people are deceived. They think they're experiencing church, but their reality is that what they're experiencing is the same as the world. So it's the people we were just talking about. I feel bad for those people who are like in the church, thinking that they're unified, thinking that they're Christians experiencing all these benefits, but in fact, the opposite is true. I, that, that sucks being in that position. There's the people that I understand. I understand why they do what they do. These are the people who leave the church after being fed up with bullying. Like they may not know how unity is meant to happen, but they know it's not to blindly follow a dictator. Right. Yeah. And then there's the group of people I'm impressed with. These are the people who know how to connect with other people based on their uniqueness. These people have unity and are even able to help other people become unified as well. Excellent. So what is the ultimate answer for the topic of unity? The ultimate answer, unity happens through uniqueness. Now strap in. What? Huh? That sounds counterintuitive. Yeah. Uniqueness is a difference, right? Right. Yeah. So in mere Christianity, we love C.S. Lewis around here, right? Of course. 
one thing he wrote is things that are the same are separate. Things that are different can be connected. So C.S. Lewis's examples are two pennies, like the coin, the one cent coin, two pennies and parts of the body. So the word same implies that there are more than one of something. They're the same. There's more than one of something. For instance, pennies, right? Because there is more than one, they are separate by definition. If I have more than one penny, they're the same and they're separate. If they were joined, then they wouldn't be pennies anymore. They wouldn't be the same. Parts of the body can be joined together because they are different. You know, hmm. Think my arm to my shoulder, you know, all the, everything going on inside our body, they're all connected. And they're all different. Right. So it is our uniqueness that allows us to connect to others. It is our uniqueness that allows us to be unified. Hmm. So the strict side denies uniqueness when they say everyone has to do the same actions. This is not right. This is not just. Therefore, it's not of God. And these people we discussed earlier, these people are usually abusing cause and effect to do this. They want everyone to have the same cause. Good intentions. But they can't control the inside of the individual. So they focus on trying to get the same effect out of everyone by making everyone do the same works. Hmm. We call this the strict side. Most people call it legalism. And they are denying the importance of the reason or the cause for the effect, which is the thing we all want everyone to live according to is grace through the unique individual towards other people in the community. They'll know us by our love for one another. That is God flowing through your uniqueness towards other people in the community in love. So in many of our interviews, if those of you who have been fans for a while or have been maybe not fans, but listen to us anyways, we do often have press tours and interviews in between our seasons that are published on YouTube. And in many of those interviews, and even in some of our episodes that we've done on the podcast earlier in the earlier seasons, we've discussed the sin of whispering. In fact, I talked about it earlier in this episode. Yeah. And the sin of whispering that is infesting the region that me and Pastor Jonathan live in here in northeastern Wisconsin, and why this sin is so damaging. Well, the reason is it deceives people into thinking that they're unified over truth. And it actually puts a stumbling block in the path of people who want and need truth. So if that's not enough, check out why am I bringing this up during the unity episode? Right. Proverbs 6, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says this. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Uh Uh-oh, verse 16 says seven things are an abomination to the Lord. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, 
a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Hmm. All right, so this shows us seven abominations to the Lord. Notice, false witness that speaketh lies, and he that sows discord among, among the brethren. Notice those in particular. When people share false information to a third party in an effort to keep away to keep people away from someone else, that person is committing an abomination or multiple abominations to the Lord. This is how much God wants unity. The actions of those who facilitate the opposite of unity is something that God hates. Now, the thing is, we've been covering understanding versus agreement for the last couple of episodes. It's been a theme through through what we've been been covering recently. Nice. We can't have unity or agreement as a cause. We can only have it as an effect of first understanding each other. And whispering replaces understanding each other. You tell me something about someone else and I believe it as the truth replaces my need to get the understanding about that person. Mm. Now, if everyone would focus on being unified with God as a cause, the effect would be we'd all be unified with each other. Instead, the approach of getting unity as a cause ends up denying everyone's uniqueness. Mm. So we all focus on God, focus on the truth, focus on understanding. You want to have a step one. What is your step one? What should it be? It should be something that is a cause like understanding. We want to have unity. Have your first step be to understand another person, even to understand God. Nice. And then we can account for uniqueness of that person because we're assuming I don't understand everybody. Why? Because everybody's different from me. Then we can figure out what we're in agreement over. In the next episode, we'll show us specifically what the uniqueness every person carries with them and how they work together to facilitate unity. Amazing. Thank you, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.